to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Feed You Podcast. I'm Elisa Connor, your host, and I am so grateful you're here. We are still in the middle of coronavirus, COVID-19, uh, lockdown or shut-in or I don't know what you want to call it. And I keep hearing out there in the world, um, either one, I don't have anything to do, two, I'm super busy and don't have time to do anything, or three, um, I'm freaking out that my business is going to close. And so if you're in any of those boats, this is a great episode for you, whether you take uh, action on what I share with you today now or during a slow period. We all have kind of those slower periods of our um, of our workflow. And um, for right now, this is not one for me. Usually mine is summer. It's very interesting. So if you've been in business for a while or maybe you're just starting your business, keep an eye out for those slow periods. And... Um, when you have one, take uh, go back to this episode and take some of these tips that I'm about to share with you on uh, how to streamline your business so you can grow um, to heart. So as entrepreneurs, we all uh, love our businesses and we love to do everything in our business and we're used to bootstrapping and trying to get things up and running and Um, specifically in the food industry, you're kind of like, nope, I've got to figure out how to do it because either you don't have the budget or you don't have the time or you don't have the connections to make it happen in any other way. But as we've seen, when you don't have um, a team or a structure in place, things can fall apart quickly and by no control of our own. And so what I really wanted to give you today were um, some tips on having that mentality of doing everything yourself, what it's really costing you and costing your business. Um, Because we as entrepreneurs think that we can save time or we can save money or we just basically don't believe that we have to let somebody else into our business to help us that maybe we can't afford it whatever whatever stories we're telling ourselves so um, i really wanted to dive into some ways that you can identify things that you should not be spending time on in your business that you should be giving to someone else and also um how to set yourself up for success and bringing in that first person or second person or that team that you're trying to build or that you need to build. And so let's dive in. Um, The first piece of the first component of this is these are actually little action tips and I'm going to put together a quick it's going to be a super quick guide for you to fill these out um, that's a worksheet and you're going to be able to find that at elisaconnor.com forward slash 84 download very easy this is episode 84 so it's just 84 download Um, and the first question that I want to have you consider for yourself is where do you spend most of your time day to day like, and if you don't know that, a lot of us don't know. We're just like, we go from task to task to task to task to task. And we don't know, like at the end of the day, we're like, we didn't get anything done. We have this huge to-do list and none of the things on there got done because we are putting out fires, we're answering emails, we're doing whatever. And so I wanna challenge you. And the first part of that worksheet is going to challenge you to, for one week, write down just quickly the places where you spend your time 
the and how much time you spent there if you think about it um because it's going to give you a really clear view of why you're not getting to the things that you really want to get to in your business. And it doesn't matter what kind of business you have. We all have the same hurdles as business owners. We try to do everything ourselves. We think it's going to be, um, it, we're the only ones that will do it right. That is like the biggest lie we tell to ourselves is, uh, we're the only ones that are going to do it right. And if it's not done right, we might as well not do it at all. And from experience, trust me, I am a closet, not so closet perfectionist. And and, um, letting go of things is so hard, but I am learning slowly but surely to let go of things because believe it or not, there are people out there that can do it better than me. And so uh, I said that for my kind of tongue in cheek for my own benefit. But take um, a, a week and um, write down the things that you spend the most time on, how much time you spend there, and then most importantly, take note or observe the places you really love to spend your time. And there's those are the reasons typically that you have started your business. And so, um, for example, if you are a web designer and you are spending all of your time doing marketing, creating social media posts, writing blog posts, um, figuring out online advertising, going to networking groups, all these different things, and you're not getting to spend your time doing the actual design, you're probably miserable in your job because it's no longer a business, it's a job. And so um, I want you to, to really take note of what is that component of your business that the reason you started to begin with, the reason that you know that you fell in love with what you do, and how much time are you spending in that role of your business? Because if it's not where you want it to be, we need to make some changes. So number one is to document everything as it stands right now. And uh, again, you can do that with with a download that you can grab over at alisacounter.com forward slash 84 download. Um, so question number two, what tasks do you do on a regular basis? And that's either daily or weekly or even monthly that um, you can create processes for. And so if you do a task even more than once or twice, you probably should think about creating a tutorial or a, um, a tutorial slash process for that. And a great way to document that process is to use a tool called Loom, L-O-O-M, I'll link to it in the show notes, um, to take a video of your um, desktop and you talking through the process and um, that's gonna start to create the process. So whether you decide to have that transcribed by somebody else and have a written process to go with it is entirely up to you, but you could easily um, just create that video with the screenshots and then host it somewhere like on a um, online education forum. Like I use Kajabi. I can also link to that, but you can create an actual course that you just put your team members through um, and, and specify which uh, tutorials they're going to go to. You could also do this in something like... Um, Vimeo and lock down those videos so they're not open to the public, but it's really nice to have it just laid out in a course because then your um, your team member or your contractor, however you decide to bring that first person on, can go in and they know exactly like, okay, here's how we do social media and you have all the videos in there. Here's how we do our email, here do all these, here's how we do a podcast episode. Um, and all of those different processes and you have them documented on how you want them done and then um, give them the flexibility to you know add their own special sauce to the mix so um, 
be aware of what those processes are. And that's, that's the first key to this is the awareness of, you know, what is repeating again and again and again. So for me, one of the things that repeats weekly in my business is putting this podcast episode out. So I've already come to the conclusion that it will be the first thing that I outsource to um, one of multiple sources that I'm going to mention in just a few minutes, but I am in the process of creating that exact, um, tutorial that I told you about. And there is a free version of Loom and a paid version of Loom. I'm going to recommend that you do the paid version of Loom if you're going to host those videos there. You can also, if you don't want to use an outside um, tool like Loom where it's hosted elsewhere, you can also just record your desktop using um, whatever uh, camera or um, video editor that comes with your computer. So for Mac, we have QuickTime, and then I also use a product called ScreenFlow. Um, I like ScreenFlow a little bit better just because I'm used to it, but um, those both offer that same um, operation, those same, um, what am I trying to say? Uh, the same ability to record your screen and your voice and um, even you can even pop yourself in the video if you want to, but it can be a little bit distracting when all of that's going on. Um, so those are two choices for you. You can either do it with your desktop uh, recording software. Most computers now come with one. If, you're, if your computer has a, a camera, it likely has some sort of recording software with it. And it doesn't have to be fancy. I think it's just a matter of you taking the time to record it and get it down and document it. And um, my favorite phrase for all of this process stuff is done is better than perfect because you can always do it over later or you can outsource that too and say, you know, we've modified this process enough and team member um, Joe like has done it 10 times better than I ever could have done it. And so, hey, Joe, would you come up with a new process and put it in the learning portal? So um, just having something up there, a place to start is going to be helpful. And it really makes you think about um, how many other processes are taking up your time and keeping you away from the things that you really, really enjoy. Not only that, but even if you don't outsource all of these processes at once, it keeps you ultra organized. So for example, like when you're putting a website out there, um, there are so many things you need to check and you have to um, verify different security settings and different um, page settings. You have to make sure it's responsive. You need to make sure that all the links work. You need to make sure that um, pictures are loading. There's like, I don't know, there's probably a checklist of about 800 things that you need to do. And so documenting that checklist as you go along so that you can actually create a checklist or outsource it to somebody to create a checklist for you. Um, is going to be really helpful not only for you to make sure that you don't miss anything, but then also to whoever you might have doing just that piece of it. So perhaps you build the website out and then you have somebody else run through the checklist. So all of those little components that we just automatically take care of, I want you to start to hone in and think about like, what are those things in my business? And um, what are the things that I don't have to do myself? And so if you, let's say you have a restaurant business or a, a bakery, um, and you have all these different processes that need to be done, but you know, maybe Mondays you need to order the bread and Tuesday you need to order, um, napkins and Wednesday you have to order, you know, all these different things, all of those processes based on like, you know, we need this color napkins. We use this, this is our supplier. If they don't have, them, we can go here. If you know, all the different things that you would have for information, phone numbers, contact, email, um, 
the types that you order for different days. Uh, if it goes by the week, maybe you're like, we usually order this many loaves in June because we're busier and we order this many in, um, you know, September because it's not as busy, I, you know, whatever that looks like in your business. But taking the time to document those really quickly with a screen capture and I believe, um, don't hold me to it, but I believe that with Loom, you can do that screen capture even from your mobile device. So, um, just get get in the mental space of you know where what are the things that you do all the time and which of those things can you let go of and let somebody else do so um and i'm going to get to just a minute why that's important but i want to move on to number three which is what is always on your to-do list do you have if you're anything like me you have a rolling to-do list of things that just never get done because you're busy working in your business, you don't have time to work on your business. And if we don't take that time to work on our business, we can't make progress towards our goal. And so one of the goals that has been going on and on for me is launching my online course. And I have finally decided that I am going to let go of some things so that I can free up my time to work on my online course. That is my goal. And um, so I'm in the process, as I said, of documenting some of these processes that I use all the time and that I go through all the time. And so if you're anything like me, you not only have a business to-do list, but you have a personal to-do list. And if you have um, family or friends or um, even extended family that you constantly need to take care of or even housework, everybody has home things that need to be done. And sometimes those get neglected and um, can get lost in the cracks. Well, there's no reason you can't hire a personal assistant to help you with some of those things. Like maybe you have somebody that handles all of your um, mailing for you. Like you have a bunch of mailing that needs to be done in your um, in your business and you just, you don't have time to do it. And so you bring in a personal assistant to help you with that. And then they also take care of like all of your travel arrangements and all of your online ordering and all of the things like picking up dry cleaning, all the things that you don't have time to do because you're busy in your business and you're running yourself ragged. So take a look at both of those lists and identify the three things that you need to get rid of right now. And so for me, this has been, it's been kind of a, a weird shift and I've been begrudgingly doing it and kind of not doing it and doing it and not doing it. And I'm moving more and more towards just doing it, but that's outsourcing my grocery shopping. And I have found several different suppliers that are not necessarily uh, local grocery stores that I'm using to order my food and have it delivered because it takes at least two hours by the time I go, I shop, I get home, I start to clean it and I start to put it away. It's between two and three hours to go grocery shopping. And that is three hours that I could be spending on my business launching my course. And so I want you to take a look at your day, whether that's personal or business or both and identify three different things that you can get rid of right now by hiring someone else um, to do them for you. And then in addition to that, I want you to to journal or document or something like, what would it feel like in your life to let that go and let somebody else deal with it? Now, your first reaction may be like, mm, it's terrifying, I don't want somebody else to do that or they're not gonna do it right or whatever. Um, and so as an example, like one of my things is I'm really picky about produce and I had done Instacart a few times and I had them do produce and they like did not pick good produce. And so, um, the first thing you can do is give feedback on any of those apps that's like 
you know, specifically what you want your produce to look like um, and give them a shot for that. But there's also other options out there. Like you can actually research additional options for fresh produce and figure out a way to get that done quickly and easily. And I found a couple here. One is delivery and one is actually, I just go, I pick it up, they put it in my car and I drive away. It's like a 20 minute deal. Um, so versus two hour, two or three hours. And so you have options like Amazon Prime where they will deliver pretty much anything to your door that you want, um, Instacart, and then, you know, any local options you might have. I don't want to spell those out because not everyone that listens to the podcast lives in Colorado. So, um, but you know, when I let all of that go, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome because I don't have to worry about it. I like do my list. I'm off. They bring the groceries, I put them away and we're done. Especially when you have, um, things going on like we have right now. So like the next thing I'm looking into is the milkman because I, um, I've never had a milkman, but you know, they have the option now where you can get milk and eggs and cheese and yogurt and I drink alternative milk. So they have that now and they have butter and it's just like, oh my gosh, it's so much easier. They just bring it, they put it in your little box, you pick it up in the morning, put it away and you're done. And you don't have to, you don't have to think about it. You know how much milk you go through, you know, um, that it's going to be good, you know, it's going to be fresh and you're supporting another small business. So um, when you examine that, think about what those feelings that come up besides like the initial fear of letting go of things and the initial control, because there is a lot like behind that, you know, to let go of things and, and um, let go of the control of those things that, and the worry of them not being done right. But by letting go of that and opening up the ability to have communication about how you want things done and giving, um, people a little bit of flexibility and room to offer you a new way of doing things, will actually help you grow even faster because you can't be the expert at everything, which is what we try to do in our own businesses. And when we try to do that, that pulls us right out of what we are really an expert at. Um, so opening up that um, opportunity and that possibility, and besides giving someone else the opportunity to fulfill their purpose, uh, takes it even a step further. And so um, my favorite quote that I came up with, and I'm, I might have stolen it, and if I did, I apologize, but um, maybe I just borrowed it and massaged it a little bit. To grow, we have to let go. And it's true, we can't grow our business if we don't let go of the things that are taking up our time and monopolizing our days. And so um, the analogy I came up with was just like a butterfly. A butterfly cannot become a butterfly as long as it's holding on to the identity and the uh, the life of a caterpillar. It, it literally cannot become a butterfly. And so it has to be brave and it has to create a cocoon and go in there and develop its wings and then ultimately break through the cocoon into a new reality and become a butterfly who gets to fly. And so um, don't let pride and perfection keep you stuck at the level you are at in your business because you have so much more to do while you're here. And so um, if I have anything to, to encourage you with, with number three, um, in letting go of some things, even if it's just those three things, it's that the world is waiting for your greatness. And as long as you're trying to do everything, we will never have access to it. Um, so I wanna encourage you to share your greatness with the world. And then, um, so tip number four, 
or question number four I want you to ask yourself is which uh, is costing you more? Saving money or saving time? And so this goes back a little bit uh, <clears throat> to another episode that I talked about where if you are say, you want to have a um, new sales page put up on your website or a landing page, but you don't know how to get into your website, you don't know how to really design it, you don't know how to create it, you don't know how to connect the technology, you don't know how to write the copy, you don't even know what you wanna put in there. And so it takes you 12 hours. Well, if your hourly rate is $1,200, um, or your hourly rate is $100, it just costs you $1,200 to create a sales page. And you've yet to make a sale and you don't even know if it's gonna work. Whereas if you hired a sales page designer who is uh, well-versed in your technology, it might cost you $50 an hour, but they can get it done in half the time easily half the time. So that's six hours. So it would actually cost you $300 versus 1200. And so when we get into the mentality of like, I have to do it because I don't have the money to pay someone, I want you to rethink that mentality and ask yourself the question, if I were charging a client my hourly rate, and I could bring that income in because I'm now spending my time where I need to be spending my time, is it not worth it? Is it, can I, how can I not afford it when it costs me a third of what it have, would have cost me to do it myself? And so actually it's a quarter, a quarter of what it would have cost me to do it myself. So when you eat up an entire day doing something that is not in your genius zone that you don't really enjoy, and then you aren't making money during that time to with a client, those are the things that you need to try and outsource. And so I have a perfect example of this because it just happened to me yesterday. Um, and I learned so many lessons from this one. Um, there was a friend on Facebook that reached out who also has a company, a marketing company. And she had a friend that needed a landing page and she did not have a high budget. It was less than what I normally charge. And then come to find out it wasn't a landing page, it was a sales page. Well, a landing page is very simply your opt-in form, a heading, a subheading, and um, that's about it. There's really not much on it. It's getting someone to opt into your email list and it can be a little longer, but really doesn't need to be. And so yeah, that can be done really quickly for the price that she quoted, probably in under an hour. But when I dove into it, what she really wanted was a sales page, which is much longer, takes a lot more time to create, um, and was about six times the price that she was willing to pay. And so I had already agreed to the project. So I said, okay, I'm just gonna take care of it. I'm gonna do it. and get it out. And of course, uh, this was a test from the universe on boundaries for me. Of course, that person was not happy with what was created. They wanted it um, done a different way, but they did not provide that direction. And what ended up happening was I emailed her and said, what you requested was not what the project actually was and I can't do this for two for the amount of money that we agreed upon. And so anyway, it ended up being that the project didn't go through and um, it was one of those cases where I should have looked at the project and said, you know, this isn't really worth my time. Um, I'm only doing it because I want to be uh, 
the friend I want to be the friend of the friend who helped them out and that was not the right intention behind that um, because there are, there are times in your business you want to just do something to be the nice guy and I do that a lot and I've gotten out of the habit of doing it for the nice guy because then people do not respect you or appreciate you for your skill set because you will do it for them at either a low price or for free and people um, that want to monopolize your time and your talent for free are not the people that will ever become your clients. And it's interesting when the universe um, presents those obstacles to you because it doesn't just happen once, it's happened two or three times this week. And um, I've been very proud of myself to set those boundaries. But as you're thinking about you know, where you're spending your time and your energy, and that goes for even when you're starting up, maybe you can't charge the same amount as somebody that's been doing it for five, 10, 15 years, but do not lowball your pricing because you're afraid you won't get work. Don't do things for trade because it's never a fair trade. And don't, um, and trust me, I've been on the wrong end of that one too. And um, there, there is an exchange of energy that comes with an exchange of money. And so when you exchange money, you are not only helping support someone else's dream and livelihood in their business, but you're also saying, my time is more valuable than this task. Give me something that is going to fill my time that grows my passion and my love for my business. And um, when you don't have that exchange, it is not only a disservice to you, it's a disservice to the person that you're not charging or that you're trading with. And there will never be, because there's no skin in the game, there will never be um, the level of advancement or the level of commitment in that relationship. So learn, I learned this the hard way so many times when I, when I started my business. And I would say, you know, I'd have somebody that would want to trade with me. And I was like, sure, I'll do it. And it never ended up right. And there was always poor feelings at the end. And um, they didn't respect what I what I did for them. And they didn't, um, and, and same goes. Like, you know, I, I have a pretty, uh, open respect for people, but still there's, there's not the same respect e either as a client or a, um, business owner when there's not that exchange of energy and money. So that was kind of a tangent on that, but I just want you to be aware of, you know, where you're spending your time and money or your, your time, because it does equate to money. And also, um, what you're charging is that really equating to your value. And so uh, the last key point of number four that I, wanna, that I wanna share with you is that every time you say yes to one thing, you're also saying no to something else. So if you're saying, yes, I'm gonna trade with so-and-so to work on you know, whatever their project is. So let's say it's um, you decide to do their social media management and you decide to do it as a trade because she's your hairdresser and she does your hair for free because you manage your social media. Well, every time you work on her project, you're saying yes to her to doing it for free, basically, and no to three other clients that could be paying you so that you could pay her. And so just keep that in mind. Every time that you pick up a project that's not in your genius zone, you're saying yes to that and you're saying no to all the clients that want to walk through your door and pay you money. 
And so that that is what I would beckon you with. And that's what uh, question number four on the worksheet is going to walk you through. And then last but not least, um, I want to share with you the opportunity to cast the perfect vision of your business. And this isn't something that we normally do. We talk about it at the beginning of the year and we, we write a vision and then we move on or we write some goals and we move on. And then, you know, by April, we've forgotten what those goals are. Or if it's in April, like this April, that feels like it was five years ago. Uh, you know, in January felt like five years ago. And so I want you to create a vision for your business and it can be a three year, five year, 10 year, one year, whatever you wanna do, but make it a really big vision for you. And then I want you to put it somewhere in your office that you see it all the time. And when you're casting that vision, I want you to think about um, what it's gonna take for you to reach that vision. So if you wanna make a million dollars in your business, the chances that you're gonna be able to do that on your own without building a team and without outsourcing uh, good chunks of your business to other people is slim to none. You simply won't have the ability to do it because your mind and your energy and your time is going to be preoccupied with all the little things that you never let go of. And so as you create that vision and you cast that vision of, you know, you want to reach this monetary goal and why you want to reach that goal, I want you to look at who it's going to take to get you there. Who needs to be a part of your team in order to make that vision a reality? And is it a social media person? Is it a podcast manager? Is it a community manager for your online community? Is it a website designer? Is it a virtual assistant? Is it a project manager in your business? Um, you know, who, who are those people? And then once you have a list of those people, what skill set do they need to have? What personality traits do they need to have? What values do they need to have? Um, and what, um, what are the things that they have to have and what are the things that you can teach them to have and what's more important? Um, I think alignment with your company culture and your values is far exceeds skills. You can easily hire somebody that is a website designer, but they're not, if they're not in alignment with how your customers are treated and what your, um, personal and corporate values are and what your uh, customer service policy is and what your the, the feel of your company is, you're going to have a really hard time motivating them. And also, you're going to spend a lot of time probably diffusing relationships. That's not what we want. Um, another key point I want to put in here that just popped into my head is that we often think, okay, it's going to take a really long time to hire somebody. And I don't want to keep them on even if they're not a good fit and the old adage which i'm sure you've heard before which is hire slowly fire quickly is really true and so if you hire the right people up front and you spend the time getting to know them and seeing if they're really a good fit you're going to have to do less firing but don't be afraid to let people go because they don't fit into your organization um and i've been in organizations where it, there have been people that are not the right fit and then also where I have not been the right fit. And so I have stepped aside or moved on or pulled myself out of that because I, I was aware of it, even if the organization was not. 
And um, it's okay if people don't fit. Not everyone's meant to fit into the same culture and not everyone's meant to have the same values, but you want to align your team with what you believe and how you treat your customers. Um, because if you don't, there's going to be friction felt from not only within the team, but by your clientele. And then the last question I want you to ask yourself as you're coming up with those traits of the people that you want to bring on board is, uh, where are you going to start? Who are you going to start with first? Who's that one person that is going to make a huge difference in your business? And now you've got your processes documented, you know exactly what to give them. Um, Who are you going to start with and when are you going to start? And then... um, Uh, my mentor has a really great saying that every time I think of it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so brilliant. It doesn't, just because you put a job listing out there, it doesn't mean you have to hire someone, but it's the intention and the energy behind that job listing that gets you um, motivated and moving forward and excited. So when you get ready to post that job listing, you could do it on Craigslist, you could do it on Indeed, you could use ZipRecruiter, you could use um, Glassdoor, but just because you have a job listing out there and people have applied for it, it doesn't mean you have to hire anybody right now. But the simple act of putting it out there and putting the energy and intention behind it is going to motivate you to examine what it is you really want to be focused on and what you need to let go of. So that's it. That's the top five uh, tips that I have for you and, you know, helping to let go of the things in your business that are really costing you money and time and energy and are uh, eating up the freedom that you really wanted when you started your business. So I hope that's helpful. If you uh, want the workbook to go with this episode, you can find it at alisaconner.com forward slash 84 download. It'll help walk you through those five questions. It's short, sweet, but it's in one place to do it. Download it, print it out and get it done. And then I'd love for you to come over and tell me in the Facebook group, the Small Business Builders Facebook group, which in position you're going to hire out first and when you're going to do it. So come on over and tell me about that. And I will be here next week to talk to you about how sales funnels are going to be the survival of your small business now and in the future. So until then, take care, be well, and I'll see you next week. If you're struggling with what to say, who to say it to, and where to say it, you may need my new ideal client worksheet. If you know your audience, you know where they hang out, and you know what they're interested in, it makes every piece of your marketing easier to put together. The Ideal Client Worksheet helps you discover the important questions that you need to ask when it comes to finding your clients. It will help you understand them, understand their problems, so that you connect with them, attract them, turn them into leads, and convert them into customers. So go grab your copy today at alisaconner.com forward slash ideal client. See you next week.